This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space, sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and organization to the next level. The format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. And today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Longwoods International, one of the premier research firms in the travel and tourism space in the world. Longwoods produces groundbreaking research, thought-leading insights, and excellent counsel and service to DMOs in areas such as visitor research, advertising effectiveness, image research, and their new resident sentiment study, which is essential as travel opens back up. Learn more at longwoods-intl.com. And now on to our show. Our guest today is Catherine O'Donnell. Over her 18 years at Richmond Region Tourism, she served as Publications Manager, Director of Marketing, VP, and now as Executive Vice President. She's a graduate of the University of Richmond. In a recent interview, she was asked what her best business decision was, and she replied that it was joining the team at Richmond Region Tourism. She said she remembered being interviewed at our dear friend Jack Berry's table in his office, and he asked her why she wanted to work there. Great question. And she said she remembered saying it was such an exciting time, 18 years ago, to be in Richmond that there were so many great things happening in the area, and she wanted to be a part of it. And yet, the last 18 years have been even more extraordinary for the city and region around Richmond. So, Catherine O'Donnell, welcome to DMOU. Thank you, Bill. So glad to be here. It is an exciting time. It is a challenging time. It's one of those moments in time where we all take a step back. We all re-examine. And I am hopeful, as I think many of us are, that this is the time that it doesn't become yesterday's news next week. So here's your first question. Richmond Region Tourism has a history of community-driven diversity and inclusion marketing efforts, and you've led all of these. You started with LGBTQ outreach more than 10 years ago, and last summer you launched a brand new program that focuses on supporting Black-owned businesses. So tell us about these efforts and how they differ from traditional DMO tourism marketing campaigns. Both of our programs, we have two, as you mentioned, Out RVA, which is our LGBTQ campaign, as well as Black RVA, which I'll mention in a bit, um, have been really amazing and rewarding and sometimes challenging projects to work on. Just for a little bit of background, Out RVA is our LGBTQ campaign that has been welcoming travelers to RVA, which is in Richmond. That's what we call the area, RVA. So you'll hear those as part of our names of our campaigns. So we've been doing that for for years, and through partnerships with our community, we have really been able to do a lot more than we could have um, on our own, both from a fiscal and just human resource standpoint. So for at RVA, in addition to having the bold campaign that sent coming out letters from Richmond to other cities, we gave away a wedding to celebrate marriage equality. We hosted the first ever Connect Sports LGBTQ Task Force meeting. We made it in the New York Times, and we are a finalist in the British LGBTQ Awards. Um, All of those were just pinch me moments in my career and in that project. Really just so thrilled with how far the message was able to go and continues to go. Um, And as you said, Black RVA is our newer effort that launched last summer. Um, And it's really designed to shine a spotlight on Black-owned businesses and museums that have African-American history content and, and other places to really increase visitor spending in them. And phase one of Black RVA was a community launch last August at the Black History Museum. And I will never forget it. We had a a big 
crowd. It was packed um, with influencers and officials and the mayor. And we rolled out the Black RVA campaign, including the uh, highlight reel video that's about a minute long on the website. And, you know, I've been, in, as you said, in the business 18 years and I've done several video debuts and I've never had one where the crowd cheered so much and screamed, play it again, play it again. That's cool. Um, it was amazing. We all got chills and, and we did. We played the video again. So that was really a sort of the phase one of it, as I mentioned, and we spent a lot of time in the community, making sure folks understood what it is and have started to see some traction with out of market with some hits in Essence and BET and other places. Um, And then a lot of that got paused as we um, stopped marketing because of COVID. But I'll say the biggest difference between these campaigns and the traditional DMO marketing is that they are truly community driven. In both cases, we started with committees and action teams and roundtables to really have our citizens who are part of these communities weigh in on how we should be messaging, what stories we can be telling, um, how to accurately present our community and help get buy-in and participation from locals. And as you can imagine, that creates a much slower process Mm -hmm. than if we just hired an agency and came up with some awesome you know, marketing creative um, plans or collateral like we would normally do. You know, it's for Black RVA, it was two years in the making. We had stakeholder meetings. We worked with our um, local universities, branding graduate program. We hired a Black-owned design team and we had action team who were all volunteers who were heavily involved. And it was a series of meetings at 6 p.m. on Monday nights for months to really get to where we ended up. But we wanted to make sure we got it right. And so it was it was worth it. It's just a different beast than than sort of what we're used to in, in traditional tourism marketing. And it's also still ongoing and it really opens up both um, in a positive way and sometimes what can be in a little bit more challenging way, you know, the, the community's input on what we're doing. So in the past, you know, maybe you have a marketing campaign you roll out and sometimes the community sees it and sometimes they don't, but we don't usually ask their opinion. And both of these cases, their opinion was what led the initiative and their feedback continues to guide our strategies. Really what both of these campaigns have in common is that at their core, they're really perception shifting campaigns. Um, As you know, and maybe some others who are pretty uh, up to date on their American history know, um, Richmond has a really long and challenging history in Virginia and in the South. I mean, at one time we were home to one of the most active sites of the sale of enslaved Africans. We were the capital of the Confederacy. So there is a lot of baggage around that. And there's a lot of uh, misperceptions. And for many people, that is still all they know of Richmond. And so the goal of these campaigns um, was to really change that narrative. And again, it continues to be a work in progress. But particularly many LGBTQ and people of color do not envision Richmond as a welcoming place. And that is really the goal to change that. The campaigns are designed to show potential travelers the real RVA that we know and love by leveraging stories of people who live here in the LGBT and Black communities and sharing what they love about Richmond. Interesting that so much of the success of these programs came from active engagement with the community. One almost wonders if all of our marketing should go this way. And I can hear people right now just sighing, going, no, it'll take too long. But maybe there's something there. 
that the entire community needs to have a say. I would agree. And I think in hindsight, that probably wasn't our original intent. But once you start going in that direction, it's almost impossible to pull that back to a degree. And we actually experienced that a little bit when we were working on some recovery messaging that we were hoping would be something that our entire region could get behind. And we did not have a community-driven process. We used our typical process, which again, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But then there was expectation for those that had worked on Black RVA and other programs with us that they would have had some form of input. And so there was a little bit of pushback and we ended up reevaluating our approaching and the message based on some other things that happened in the community as well. So I think you have a point and it has a lot to do with one of the committee members said to us, you all are telling our community's story and to the world or to whoever you're marketing to. And, and they felt that the community has some right to have a voice in that. Yeah. There was an article in Skift this morning that challenged destination marketing organizations and in fact, all travel marketers to look beyond just saying, you got to put X number of people of diverse backgrounds into the shot or into the video. What you've done goes so far beyond and is exactly what I think the writer at Skift was talking about. This can't be a check the box kind of thing. This has to have soul. Yeah, I would agree. You know, when I started out my career at Richmond Region Tourism and doing the publications, I was overseeing visitors guides and and that's what we did 18 years ago. I literally had a spreadsheet and counted the, the faces and the diversity. And, and I think certainly we all need to do that that's sort of like table stakes, right? Mm -hmm. But in this case, that is the difference of being intentional to tell the community's story and each, in our case, these two different uh, groups of the community's story authentically, that's a little bit different and more intentional. And I think too, you know, for us, we're not a membership bureau. So we promote all of the African-American tourism sites already. We have for all of our 35 plus years of existence, And what we heard from the community that was the impetus for Black RVA was that, yes, you're doing that, but you need to do more. And it's about being intentional to really shine a spotlight on these sites, these businesses, these restaurants, these shops, who in many cases don't have as many resources or staff or bandwidth to promote themselves. And it's giving them additional marketing help. It's giving them additional exposure in an intentional way. Yeah, very cool. Next question. Clearly, the tourism marketing world as we previously knew it has changed drastically with the onset of COVID-19. How has the pandemic and government's response to the pandemic impacted out RVA and Black RVA in the approach that you're taking at Richmond Region Tourism? Just like I'm sure every other DMO, you know, we stopped advertising once we realized travel was completely shut down. And really pivoted more to focus on community engagement, which, as I've mentioned before, was already part of this effort, but we've doubled down on that during this time. We had hired a community relations manager named Tamika Jefferson right before, like two weeks before we all went out on remote working and shut everything down. Her position um, actually was designed to help move these efforts forward and when it comes to community-facing diversity and inclusion efforts. So it was great timing on that piece because she was able to come on board and then take over the day-to-day on both Black RVA and Out RVA and really dial into the community. We 
for example, launched a series of virtual happy hours for Black RBA that were happy hours and educational sessions that have been really well received. We've had two of them and another one coming up next week talking about navigating financial resources, social media best practices, leadership in a time of crisis, resources for reopening, that type of thing. We've used merchandise sales for both Black RBA and Out RBA to support local causes. So the Black RBA merchandise supports the Richmond Black Restaurant Experience Fund, which is giving financial grants to Black-owned restaurants. And then we'll be launching a campaign next week for Out RBA that will, um, shirt sales will support Virginia Pride. Um, We've also done some local media relations to really tell the story of these campaigns and continue to get the word out locally. And we've still continued to have some national media wins. A couple of great examples, um, Richmond Night Market, which is an African-American run uh, night market at our farmer's market, which has been awesome. It's a newer event, about a year old, really well received. They did a great pivot to a a, um, virtual night market event. And we were able to do some help with some media placements in Travel Noir and other publications, which has been great. And also worked uh, with Black Enterprise to do a feature on Anjali Moon, who is a film curator, but also the chair of Black RBA. So we're still able to get the word out to some degree without doing the traditional advertising that we normally would. Um, And finally, we have done some lunch and learns, of course, virtually with local corporations and philanthropy organizations to increase their awareness of Black RVA and explore funding partnerships and communication partnerships going forward. So here's the third question, and this is the tough one. Nationwide, our communities are grappling with racial injustice and inequity brought to light after George Floyd was murdered. Like many destinations, Richmond has seen protests, monuments removed, and calls for change. And of course, as you mentioned earlier, Richmond has a deep and challenging history in this country. So tell us what Richmond region tourism is doing to affect change at this moment in time. This is a really great question, Bill. And I think one that will evolve over time. It's really been interesting to see and to look internally um, at Richmond Region Tourism about what we can do to affect change that's both internally in our organization and in our community, but that also fits within our mission as a tourism destination marketing organization and tourism driver. I can say that we have about 25% of our staff who are Black and who we care deeply about. And really in the wake of George Floyd's murder, we're looking at Richmond Region Tourism to take action, which is different for us. And we were really open to that conversation and really took a look inward first. The week after everything happened, we held a town hall to allow our staff to share their ideas and feelings about how Richmond Region Tourism can be part of a solution and and help move uh, our community forward in a positive way. And a lot of what we heard back was from the team was that we needed to take action and be clear about what we're committing to. So the first thing that they asked us to do was to make a statement, which we did um, using a lot of internal feedback from our colleagues, which again, kind of back to the traditional way, usually you rely on the people who are in messaging to write messaging and keep it moving. And in this case, we had a draft message and then had people who were in all kinds of functions in the organization's way in with really good suggestions. So we put out a statement to um, our 
database that included our solidarity, our support for our racial equity, our commitment to moving forward, and mentioned Black RVA and the foundation that it laid in, in moving the needle there as well. And we were pleased and thought we'd done the right thing. But I will say that our action team from Black RVA gave us some tough love on that one, number one, and they were right. They said we should have involved them in weighing in on the statement uh, because their personal brands are attached to Black RVA and they have just wisdom in the space. And they also were also adamant that we have more concrete action steps and had seen other situations in the community and nationwide where brands were putting out statements of solidarity with that were not being received well because they did not indicate action and they appeared to be almost as a shield. Mm -hmm. And they were worried that it would be perceived that we were using Black RVA as a shield in our statement, which was not the intent. And they knew that that was not the intent. As I said, it was a tough love conversation, but the points were really well received. So that really led us to take a moment and pause. So we emailed the statement out, but we did not post it on social media or, or online. And instead spent two more weeks working on a statement with very clear action items and with our board of directors that we released somewhat symbolically, but coincidentally on Juneteenth. And it indicated, number one, that we were including Juneteenth as a staff holiday going forward, that we worked with the board of directors to take a position on removal of monuments, which was a first for us, and they had done that that day. We are also engaging a diversity and inclusion strategist who will work with us first internally and then externally, We didn't go into detail in the statement, but our plans with her are to complete a diversity and inclusion engagement, cultural engagement survey of our staff to see where we are. And then later a visioning session and strategic plan to see where we want to go. We're also going to be holding some dialogues for the team that she she and some others will be facilitating, as well as some workshops that really are more training-based to level set everyone on diversity, inclusion, equity, unconscious bias, that type of thing. The board was very receptive to all of this, and they'll be engaged in some of the training as well. So we were able to outline those steps in our statement, and that was much more well-received and really demonstrated a concrete commitment on our part to be part of the change. And I got to say, coming out in favor of statue removal, when statues are such a significant part of the landscape of Richmond. I mean, the history, while uncomfortably wrong, I mean, those are some of the most amazing works of art I've ever seen, but the message is wrong. For you to support the dismantling of a reason why a lot of people love driving down that boulevard, that's huge. Yeah, it is huge, and and we have, not done it in the past. And I think this whole moment in time made us realize that our silence in the matter, which was really just trying to stay out of the fray, indicated that we were in support of the monument. And we were also seeing a conversation play out a little bit in the media where residents were writing in letters to the editor saying, we need to keep these statues on Monument Avenue because they're tourism drivers. We're going to lose tourism if we take these down. And we have no 
data or any indication or any feeling that we'll have a huge setback in tourism by any means if the statues are removed. And so we felt like tourism was being used as an excuse to keep the statues Mm -hmm. and we were not part of that conversation. So it really pushed us forward to say, we need to come out and make a statement for removal and state that we know that it will not significantly negatively impact the tourism industry to remove the statues. Yeah, as elegant as Monument Avenue is, I would just think that maybe 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, that was one of your key drivers. But the way that the Richmond region has exploded with all kinds of assets, that's just one more thing. And I think that what you've done um, speaks volumes to, uh, to the dedication that RRT has brought to the table. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Challenging, tough conversations, but ones that we have to get serious about and not let go of. And uh, we're hoping that uh, these conversations continue more and more. So on a lighter note, let's go to the bonus round. The last several months have been probably one of the most challenging, if not the most challenging time for our industry and communities. You mentioned that your running shoes have been your key to making it through all this. You even completed a virtual taco trot. (laughs) Tell us about your shoes and the trot. Well, I guess one of the silver linings for me of working from home is that I've been able to fully embrace my inner early bird. And for me, that means most days starting out with a run that allows me to clear my head and think through the day and any pressing issues and roll over statements in my mind about equity and all the things. It's just been really helpful for me. There's been so much happening that having dedicated time to think through all of it and burn off nervous energy and stress has been a lifesaver. So that allows me to really to get my day started early around seven. And I get a lot of work done first thing before the barrage of Zoom meetings that I know we are all experiencing these days. Mm -hmm. I've also been able to be active with my family on bike rides and hikes. And for Cinco de Mayo, um, my family all participated in a virtual taco trot 5K that was put on by our local sports commission. My husband and I ran while the kids rode their scooters in the fan, which is one of Richmond's historic neighborhoods. And then we grabbed tacos to go and to go margaritas at one of our favorite local spots. Cool. It was really fun. It gave us something to look forward to. And now we all proudly sport our uh, Will Run for Tacos t-shirts. That's great. I love it. And yeah, this has been a moment. Not only are we learning that we probably don't need as much office time as we uh, once thought we did. Uh, It also is getting us out and getting us more active, which is good for all of us. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Catherine, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule for this podcast. While we started this discussion about the episode well before the vid, I think where you're leading the Richmond region is even more powerful in these times that we are in. So promise us that if and when we get back to a more normalized time that you will come back And you'll talk about all the initiatives that we originally were going to talk about, including your brand new destination vision plan. It's a deal. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. All right. Thank you. That's it for this edition of DMOU. Tell your friends and peers this is where the best and the brightest come to share their stories. It's DMOU.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, our friends at Longwoods International, the producers of groundbreaking research, thought-leading insights, and excellent counsel and service to DMOs in areas such as visitor research, advertising effectiveness, image research, and their new resident sentiment study. Learn more at longwoods-intl.com. 
DMOPros.com is where you will find links to our services for the DMO sector, links to the Z News, videos, blogs, and the biggest DMO job board on the planet, along with past episodes of DMOU. That's DMOPros with a Z.com. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMO Pros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time.